Hello everyone! In today's episode, we will be talking about the implications of cohabitation on children. What is this? Well, in simple terms, cohabitation is a trend of two unmarried individuals living together as a couple. In many cases, this leads into children being born out of wedlock. Then, we will be talking about what are the factors that make people agree with cohabitation. Well, that leads us to our first point the misconception of cohabitation. David Popeneau, on his article called Cohabitation, Marriage and Childbearing Across National Perspective, which is an article from 2009, informs that high schooler associate the word cohabitation with a way that people can find out if they could work as a couple. Of course, this is easily seen as a benefit, but they often ignore that these couples can end up, can end up having children that they do not want. Then we have Fossil Elizabeth, who in her article titled Just Living Together, Implications of Cohabitation on Families, Children, and Social Policy, explains that kids need a family structure. Why? Because it makes them feel safe and understood. However, with cohabitation, this is not the case. This is because cohabitation parenting has three main groups. Firstly, the kids who live with both of their biological parents. Secondly, the kids who have one step-parent. And lastly, kids were raised by a single parent, usually this being the mother. All of them share similar patterns like poverty, poor education, and conflict and making relationships with others. To expand more into these main factors, we need to start by the root, which are the parents. The question may be, why the parents? Well, they are the ones who surround the children during all their childhood, despite they do a nice work at parenting or not. Similarly, they are the first role models, if they are. But if they are not, they are the ones who tell the kids whether they want to be like them or not. And of course, if they are not role models and the kids notice all these things, they can either think that those are the right things to do or they can grow up disliking the way they were raised and not wanting to be like their parents at all, but also not wanting to be associated with them once they are old enough. This is why it's important to discuss what parents do and how much parents affect these kids' lives. As information, we have this article titled Cohabitation and Child Well-Bearing by Wendy Manning, published in 2015. In this article, we understand that 40% of American children experiment their parents' cohabitation at some point of their lives. This means that kids have actually seen their parents cohabitate and have realized the factors that are present in their relationship. Which are these factors? Well, one of them is having a reduced welfare. Due to having an average family's income, 50% lower than the households of married couples, these kids have less access to a high quality education. And of course, they can tell because they have not the same opportunities in life. And also, even if they attend classes, they get 
lack of motivation because they don't have a support and they have higher chances of suffering deprivation because their parents do not make the same as parents who are actually married because couples who tend to marry are couples who already started with a higher income. This means that one of the cooptation factors is not having enough resources, financial ones. Another implication found was health-related. These health-related impacts have also been found by Wendy Manning. In fact, children with cavitating parents have higher chances of having a bad health. Also, they have higher chances of being asthmatic or being obese. Ever since age five, this is literally the beginning of them communicating to people, which means that when they are just growing up and they are kids, they already have all these issues and they don't have someone who is doing something about that. They don't have parents who can give them access to a better health and they cannot get that for their own. Then it is concluded that children born in cavitated households get serious implications, implications that they cannot control. Therefore, we have seen the impact that these resources have on kids' lives and that if parents cannot give them, like cavitating couples who happen to have kids in one point or other of their relationship, they are only generating conflicts for the kids. They are only being them not to support them and to make them suffer these things, which can be very serious because health isn't a thing to joke about and neither is having stability or feeling trust in your household. Sadly, this instability doesn't stop in the house because these kids also struggle at making new relationships, even with kids their own age, even with kids who go to the same schools as they do. Both Kelly Frawley and Elizabeth Woolsmith have presented on cohabitation and children's family instability that not having authoritative figures at home makes kids struggle way harder at making new friends, even if it's just talking to them or communicating. And one such effect is having troubled behaviors. These conflictive behaviors can be observed and shown in different ways. Perhaps it's not one thing to talk to their partners, to their classmates. Maybe it is not wanting to play with them, not wanting to share toys. And in some other cases even, it is being violent, punching them, screaming at them, making them cry. All in all, kids who do not grow up with parents to lead them, to guide them, to tell them how to go in life and how to socialize are less likely to do so because they don't have someone who is going to be wanting them to have friends, who's going to ask them what happened in their day, or who are going to 
tell them that they can bring friends home. Therefore, they are not socializing. They are not expressing themselves. They are not being as creative as a kid should be. Similarly, Sengu, in the stability of cohabitation, relationships, the role of children, have explained how these implications are resembled on children who come from cohabitating households. Because these kids see how their parents are not even socially open and integrated as married couples, so they copy that, it's translated into them. And they lack social skills, or the skills they have are not strong enough. Also, Sarah McLahan and Isabel Sowell in Marriage and Child Wellbeing Revisited Introducing the Issue have said that kids who have parents that are educated and married have friendlier attitudes towards people. Also, they have better housing experiences and less chances of wanting to perform cohabitation in the future or having kids outside marriage. This tells us that kids are affected by everything they see in their parents' lives. Now that we have discussed the most important factors, I will have Samuel Montaño, who is a sophomore in business administration. Hi Sam, how are you? Hey Fab, how are you doing? I'm doing very fine today and I'm very happy to be here today. I'm glad to have you. I have my first question for you. Have you ever heard of cavitation before? Actually, yes, I have. Uh, I am very familiar with the term of cohabitation. Uh, and yes, I do. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. Have you heard of the three main types of parenting between cohabitation? So I hadn't heard of them before, but once you said it on the podcast, I pictured them very often because that is something that I think you can see in society, in society a lot. That is true. Okay. What did you think of cohabitation before hearing all of this? Did you ever consider that this could lead into parenting? Well, before this podcast, I had a fairly good idea of why cohabitation was wrong. But after uh, hearing you, I have a little bit more of foundation on that. And what I believe it's lacking um, cohabitation and cohabitation couples, which is a but I believe it's the most determinant factor on why their kids do not have the same opportunities is that there's no family planning involved. So family planning would be this concept of the father and the mother discussing how they want the family to go. Like, okay, we marry, we want this, we have these goals together as a couple, these goals, together, uh, these goals as individuals, we have these goals for our family. I like that you mentioned family planning. Um, I have one related question for you. Do you think that if couples consider their plans for the future, they can cohabitate and be successful at it? Or do you think it's not a possibility and they should just talk about their plans and get married instead of cohabitating first? Well, I believe that if there is family planning involved, marriage will be inevitable because if you are planning to marry someone if you're planning a family on someone you're probably going to want to marry her unless there are reasons why you don't want to marry so maybe in some countries 
if you marry, you lose some benefits from the state or whatever. Maybe in that situation, they like don't get married, but they live as a married couple. I think the problem with cohabitation is that because these families, in quotes, don't come from love, don't come from the idea of marrying, uh, from the idea of marriage, of the idea of family, they don't have this deep uh, relationship that family needs. Like, they they are not planned, as, as, as I said before. If you plan on a family, if you plan on your kids, if you plan on your life, you're probably going to have everything solved as a normal couple, as a normal marriage. But most of these cohabitation couples are spontaneously, like, they get together because they get kicked out of their homes or because the girl in context is pregnant or whatever reason that it's not planned and it's probably not coming from love. So I think that's why it's lacking in those families. I like what you mentioned. Also, you said that cohabitation, like when people co without necessarily cohabitating, they can realize things that they don't like from each other. Um, and that's when they choose not to get married. So you are saying, in other words, that it's possible to tell who you want to marry versus who you don't, you don't want to without the need of living together. Is that right? Of course, yeah. I, I don't believe you need to live with someone in order to realize you want to marry them. I think that's something that should come after. Okay, that's amazing. Thank you. I appreciated having you. Thank you so much. Have a great day, Sam. You too. In conclusion, we can see how these kids are affected not only on the short run, but also on the long run by their parents, by the conditions they have lived in, by every experience they have had. And having their parents cohabitating makes them grow up thinking that they don't have anyone to support them because the persons they are mostly with are their parents and they sadly are not as connected to them. This may be translated into them not wanting to pursue higher education like college, not wanting to have anything to do with their parents in their future lives even, or having a completely wrong idea on what love is because they didn't see their parents in stable relationships. So kids are influenced a lot by what they see when they grow up. Even if their ideas change and they realize that their parents failed or did not do good and that is not what love should be, they still missed a large part of their lives and perhaps one of the most important ones because they did not pass through the beautiful stage that being a kid is. They didn't enjoy that because they had their parents' worries, their preoccupations, maybe seeing them fighting, seeing them not getting along, not having them as authoritative figures. Then we can conclude that cohabitation must be stopped. There are different ways. Couples can get to know each other without the need of living together. 
They do not live. They do not need to live together. They do not need to have children if they are unsure of the relationship. And it is understandable that a lot of these kids were not in their main plans. But still, these children are the ones who suffer the implications even more than them. So before cohabitating, ask yourself this question. Are my kids going to be thankful? Do I care more about what I want now, just now in this moment, rather than in my future? Because believe it or not, your future can be shaped by this. And cohabitating will probably not be the solution for you deciding if you want to marry someone or not. Another ways to actually know and suggestions that I would like to give you are observe how they treat their parents, how they treat people in general, kids, not only you, but people they surround themselves with, people they don't actually know. See all these things, and if you don't like this, then that is a big sign that maybe this is not your person. Also, discuss your future plans. Do both of you want to have children? Do any of you want to have children? How long do you plan on getting married? Do you even plan on getting married? You need to discuss to let each other know what your expectatives are in this relationship and where do you want to get in the final point. I hope all of these things help and I love having all of you and I hope you enjoyed listening to everything I had to say supported by evidence. Have the best of days. Bye.